Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Brothers, Ramadan, subhanAllah, is just a, a, an absolutely amazing month for all, all of us. Um, there's a sense of rejoice, a sense of excitement whenever the month actually comes around every year. It's just the, the opportunity, the fact that you have this huge opportunity to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be um, um, in, in a state of iman, uh, you know, you, you're kind of fasting for all these long hours and you, you're doing it for Allah's sake. So it, it's always quite revitalizing. It, it really does um, uh, have a special kind of feeling, uh, especially for those who really focus on, on their ibadah. Uh, and this is why when we know it is a month of ibadah so we know worship you know ramadan is the month of worship uh, and therefore this is why i think it's a it's a very important uh, aspect to understand what does it mean when we say we are you know it is it is uh, ibadah the month of ibadah the month of worship um so uh, if if I mean, you know, we don't have a polling kind of system or anything like that. But if we ask the people kind of uh, watching this, um, what they, uh, you know, what's the kind of gen general kind of feeling uh, when you say to people ibadah or worship, what does it mean to them? I'm not talking about you, you know, specifically, but people around you. If you were to say, you know, this is a month of ibadah, what's the thing that automatically comes to, to their mind? Um, I don't know if you want to put something in the chat. Um, if, if somebody could read them out, I don't know, Abdullah, if you could read these things out. It will sure. Be... So one brother's put their salah. They thought they think the word ibadah than salah. Uh, mm. Private prayer is another one that someone's put in the chat. Yeah. Uh, dua is another one. Yep. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. This is without, without a doubt. I mean, generally, um, um, I think a, a lot of people will always believe that uh, uh, it is the rituals that come with, you know, uh, whether it is uh, being, um, let's say, in a, in a state where you're kind of as close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doing the rituals that he has requested of you, whether it's the zakah, whether it's the siyam, whether it's even doing the hajj, doing, you know, uh, brother said tawaf, doing all of these are without a doubt, ibadat. Um, but we want to actually explore this a bit further. Um, and this is why I think it's a very important topic to actually address, especially in this month. So we want to first address the meaning of worship from different perspectives. Um, so there is a, a linguistic definition. Um, but before we start that, the Quran, what does it, you know, what, it, you know, it, it kind of relates the ibadah to be the main purpose of our existence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And I did not create the jinn and mankind except to worship me. So that is the definition 
of why we're here. We're here to do the ibadah. So it must be quite significant if that is our main, that's the only reason we've been put in this, uh, you know, in this earth. So it has, obviously it has a, a lot more to that meaning. There's a lot more to that meaning than just the salah, the zakah, the siyam that we do. If we even look at the, at the in the Quran, if any of you do, do a quick search and you just do a search for ibad, because that's what we are, ibad rahman Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes us as ibad rahman uh, this is another verse in the Quran which is, has the word ibad um, and in fact if you just do a search you'll feel it's, it's like a page after page of the word ibad um, but Allah describes us as his worshippers as his servants because it has the two meanings. So Allah is describing us as these ibad. So that is the, uh, the name that's been given. That's the label we've been, we've been labeled with by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is significant. So ibadah must have a lot more to it than just what we believe it to be, or a lot of people believe it to be, which is um, you know, the, the kind of the rituals that we do. Um, in fact, if we um, look at the Arabic meaning of the word, yata'abbad uh, means to, it's like obedience and submission. Obedience even with submission, to be, to be exact. So it's obedient. That is when you are abd, you are obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But there is submission as well, idlal, that you, you know, you, you kind of, you lower your, yourself. You know, you're, you're below the Allah, the creator, you're below that. So that is the, the actual, you know, the meaning of the word yata'abad or abid in the Arabic language. But obviously the whole concept of you or the whole, you know, premise of you knowing that you're a servant to the creator means you must submit to this creator. You must be obedient to this creator. It, it's not it's not fathomable for you to say, okay, I am, you know, being worshipped by Allah. I'm the only reason for my existence on this dunya is because Allah created me. The only reason I actually, you know, have been placed here, as in my existence wouldn't have been even, you know, wouldn't have come to I wouldn't have come into existence without him. Surely then your aim is to please Allah, to ensure that He uh, sustains you, He protects you takes care of you because you know i mean we, we we don't want to go too much into the concept of aqidah or the concept of the iman because once you've actually gone through the chain of thought of the observation around the universe to know that there is a, a creator then that would be so strong that it would lead you to actually want to do as much as possible to please that creator. Especially that we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not put us on this dunya for just to do the ibadah. There's a ibadah for a reason, because if you perform it well and you succeed, then you go to Jannah. And if you don't, you go to hellfire. So there's, there, it, it is relevant how, uh, whether this is going to be accepted or not accepted. 
very relevant. So therefore, your um, understanding of what worship means, your understanding of what, what this actually means to you becomes extremely important. So that looking at the linguistic meaning is already quite significant. But I liked one of the best meanings I liked was, or the best way that is being put was Sayyid Qutb. Sayyid Qutb, mashallah, of course, his books and are phenomenal really and his understanding of 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 these of these matters especially from the quranic point of view is extremely detailed and very relevant so sayyid qutb says is the adherence to allah's rulings all all what allah has ordered you to do and to him alone to allah's rulings alone in all when it relates to all of our actions and activities this of course relates to us as individuals and to the entire society. So here it's not about the rituals. It's not about the fact I'm performing these rituals in, in Ramadan and I should be, alhamdulillah, feeling great because I'm getting close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inshallah, he'll be pleased with me. And I'm also doing this as part of a habit that will give me keep me closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But also you have to understand and um, appreciate that this process of, of, of trying to be close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to ensure that you gain the taqwa. The taqwa that's going to give you the, um, the, the what, what I call is the radar. You actually install this absolutely massive radar during this month. This radar allows you as you proceed beyond this month and in this month, obviously, and beyond, when the shayateen come back and we get busy again with our lives, that you are aware of every single action that you do, that you're aware of the priority you set yourself as a human being in this dunya, that you're aware of all the different responsibilities that you have to, have to do. So the worship aspect of what you do during this month of the ibadat, that are rituals, are there to strengthen the whole notion of what this Sayyid Qutb describes in this statement. It's the adherence to Allah's rulings alone in all of our actions and activities, which relates to individuals and the entire society. Um, and then when the message, I mean, I, I want to take kind of a step back to when the message was revealed. So, um, so I'm, a question again to everybody, and if anybody can answer this, you know, when when was the uh, prayer uh, actually? Um, when was it ordained to the Muslims? Uh, you know, if you, if you consider that, you know, year zero would have been the year when when the Quran uh, when uh, the revelation came to uh, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. When were we requested to actually perform salah? Any any ideas? Any takers? Uh, someone in the chat said Isra wal Miraj, and someone else said Medina. Right. Okay. Someone said Yeah, it's exactly when when uh, you know it went down from fifty all the way down to five, and then this is the. But the the reason I'm bringing this up is just to show that the the beginning, the first part of the, the message, was there to strengthen the iman of the Muslims. So 
Worship in itself does not do that. Worship while reflecting on why you're doing it and having the right niyyah for what, why you're doing an action, you're doing it for Allah's sake, is what strengthening, strengthens that relationship between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that what keeps you in that state of iman and gives you the, the strength to be able to defy anything and anyone that tries to take you away from this. So when Bilal was being uh, punished and the, the rock was being placed on him and he's saying Ahad on Ahad again and again, what worship was he, did he carry out to get him to that level, to give him to that strength? What worship? At that point, there was very little. Maybe it's the dua. Maybe it's just the, 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 the knowledge that there is a creator, the knowledge that this creator controls absolutely everything. That enough by itself for him to be able to defy Quraysh, defy all these Dalimin who were doing, uh, you know, trying to sway him away from Islam at any cost, just for one word. So the, it, it's important to put this in context. The focus was heavily on the Aqidah, building the right strong Aqidah. So in, in, you know, the worship at that point was, was you know, limited. But so you need to understand when you perform all your actions during this month of Ramadan, that you need to put a large amount or the large kind of, let's say, uh, focus on your reflection about the, uh, your, your aqidah as a Muslim. This is all done through, uh, you know, the ayat of the Quran are reading the Quran on a regular basis now during this month. You've got ayah after ayah, surah after surah, where it just emphasizes the aspect of aqidah, emphasize the, the aspect of Allah being the creator, reflecting on the universe, reflecting on the creation, reflecting on our own creation. I mean, it's phenomenal uh, how, you know, anyone who doesn't spend time doing this reflection is not going to feel strong, stronger towards this, uh, this deen. I remember when we first came to, to this country, I was quite amazed how so many children would go after school to uh, these uh, Quran classes in the masajid. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it's, such a, it's such a kind of inbuilt habit here in, with, with a lot of the families. Um, and, you know, it, I met these kids afterwards and I was surprised at how little they knew what they were reading. Even worse still, the fact that it didn't stop them from doing a lot of the haram that they got themselves into. So if reading Quran is going to be just a matter of I've finished it, I've completed it, then it is not a loss. It's a massive loss. In fact, it might just give you this self of, uh, sorry, sense of uh, security. That, oh, Alhamdulillah, I've been reading Quran. Inshallah, Allah has given me. But you haven't done anything to protect yourself. You haven't done anything to increase in your level of Iman, level of, uh, you know, the, the, the sense of security in terms of um, understanding um, uh, or linking the fact that you are Abd of this creator. And therefore you're putting as much effort as possible mm -hmm. to be close to him so he can support you and protect you uh, in this dunya. So when we talk about the meaning of worship, 
we need to understand that it's heavily linked to the meaning of aqidah and it's heavily linked to how you perform this worship with the khushu' that is requir required. Um, so when we combine this, as we said, with, with the fact that this is also the month of the Quran, um, and as we know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he, when he, you know, reveals the Quran to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa and we know beyond this, there will be no more prophets. This Quran now has got to have every single answer to any issue that we might face. There's no revelation anymore. There's no prophet to ask. No more prophets are going to come to correct the path. So the path, as far, you know, even if we go astray, can always be corrected with whatever Allah has left us with, which is the Quran. That in itself, that thought, that concept in itself is so powerful for you to want to put as much effort as possible into understanding the Quran, reading the Quran, reflecting on the Quran, because it has the manual for humanity. And, you know, and you, the more you move away from that manual for humanity, the more you're going to put yourself in the in, in, in the what we we live in nowadays, which is the uh, the misguidance that we have and the in the uh, the misery that humanity is living under. So, this is the perfect manual for humanity, and this is the month that it was revealed in, when it is from the seventh heaven all the way down, so that it can then be revealed over the twenty-three years. So, when you combine these two aspects, which is to ensure that you build the focus and reverence the khushu' to enable you to fully submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in everything that you do. And the state of fasting that we do is 18, 17, 19 hours, depending what time of year. When you every single second of that time, you'll remember that you're fasting. So you ensure that nothing comes out of your mouth that may actually uh, invalidate your fasting. You lower your gaze, you do extra effort to make sure that you absolutely lower your gaze. You make extra effort to make sure that nothing, you don't you know, backbite against anybody and you remind yourself of these things. Of course, you're always being reminded by your hunger that you're doing this for Allah's sake. So this combination of this ibadah, this one single ibadah, which is the siyam, ensures that you build this focus and reverence to Allah with the khushur, sorry, with the khushur, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that then makes you understand that you need to submit to him all the time. And then combine this with the fact that the Quran has the full system for humanity, that means you're progressing towards submission across all aspects of your life. So this is why when we talk about ibadah, we don't talk about the ibadah in the sense of just performing the rituals, is to performing the rituals in a specific manner with focus on khushu' to be able to then submit fully to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all actions that you will do and carry out as an individual and as part of society, which takes us back to how it was described by, uh, by Sayyid Qutb. So um, I want to just point out some of the things like I mean some of you already mentioned these uh, these points but I'll just kind of just want to go through them again so we're saying it's 
The prayer, zakah, fasting, and hajj are some of the things that we do in, uh, you know, as part of the ibadat. Uh, the dua, dhikr, some of you have said, um, and dua, being truthful, uh, obedience to our parents, uh, salatul rahim, the contact with our immediate relatives, taking care of our neighbors. But this is very specific now to just very few actions that you do, your morals um, and so on. But there is a lot more that we need to add to this list, a lot more. When we're talking about obedience for everything that we do. And I want also the brothers and sisters again to just type in the chat anything else that you think I sh we should be adding to this list. Um, and the, the reality, the reason why we, we, you know, we kind of, we want to kind of explore this is that when we say that there is obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you're building, you're building this taqwa and you know that inshallah this taqwa will, will, will come in, uh, you know, into, into effect when you do what one brother just put down, business transactions. When you do the business transactions, now your taqwa has to come in play. That all what you've done during this month, the relationship that you have with other people, whether it's your parents, whether it's your, you know, your teacher in school and so on, you will make every effort to be as ob obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as possible. Um, before we, before we I take one, more of these kind of uh, suggestions from the brother, uh, brothers and sisters, it just came to my mind, subhanAllah, when I was doing preparation for this. This is the year when a lot of the year 11s and year 13s will be as, you know, try to please their teachers as much as possible, knowing that for this year, maybe this year alone, and maybe, maybe what we had some last year as well, when your grade is going to be decided for your GCSEs and A-levels by the teacher. So your teacher is going to decide your grade. I am sure the level of respect for teachers during this, during this year has absolutely elevated out of, you know, out of, from nowhere. You know, I mean, you know, we, we try to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all what we can during this month so that we can have his mercy and from nar, so that we do not go enter into hellfire. I think it's 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 important to understand that you need to appreciate that when you are performing ibadat, you're performing for Allah's sake to keep, to get His pleasure. And when we talk about these things that we just mentioned, these six points, you need to understand that this is just the first aspects. I'm going to put some more here, and I've you know the many brothers, mashallah, have have added quite a lot. So establishing, you know, to enjoin good and forbid evil. This is a, an important aspect of Iman that is being mentioned for us. To actually have, um, to, to be able to live your life, not in a kind of a little tone where you're just looking at your just, you know, own life and not, not bothered about what's going on around you. You are requested and you're expected as a Muslim to ensure that you, when you see a munkar, you try to stop that munkar. By, you know, by, by, if you can't do it by your hand, then it's by your tongue. If you can't do it by your tongue, then do it by your heart. That's an essential aspect of our, of our deen. Also, enjoining good. 
These are all part, this is all ibadah, this is all the worship. This all fall under the concept of ibadah, the worship. You establish Allah's law on earth. I mean, this goes without saying in the current state that we live in. The whole world is seeking change. The pandemic has absolutely exposed everything to be exposed with this, with the systems that we have. Uh, you know, uh, currently we're living under the capitalist system with its uh, fake democratic um, PR uh, kind of uh, 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 kind of what do you call it? The cover that they, they, they use. Jihad, even a word that so many try to shy away from, and some people try to even dissuade away from its main meaning, which is jihad and nafs, they say. Even that is part of your ibadah. Once the opportunity is available for that to actually take place. Applying justice on dunya, applying justice on everything that we see. How much injustice are we seeing across the world right now? I mean, the, the, whole, the whole thing with, 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 with the Floyd case in Indianapolis, Allah, sometimes you just wonder, is our people have, you know, they've, they've actually found a way to pull the wool over people's eyes so much again and again and again. They make them have these small wins just to keep them quiet. And we will cover this a little bit later, inshallah. So all these aspects are um, important for us to, to take, to understand when it comes down to the application of ibadah. But the significance of ibadah, and I, I want to kind of, you know, touch on this with just with this ayah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَا وَرَبِّكَ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوكَ فِيمَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَضَيْتْ وَيُسَلِّمُوا تَسْلِيمًا This ayah, subhanAllah, it is extremely powerful because this whole action has been linked to iman. Allah says, by your Lord, the will uh, will not, the, the, you know, you'll not, you will not be true believers until you let, you, the, you let your decisions between you in all matters of dispute be judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you find no resistance in that decision that you find from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, accepting them in totality, which means you have full submission. I mean, if this does not describe how we should our lives live our lives in dunya, then I don't know what, what does. You're here to ensure that every single action, every single plan you put you for yourself, the three-year plan, the five-year plan, that you know, your your um, you know, as I say, you know, what what's what's my aim from this dunya? What's my purpose in this dunya? My purpose in this dunya is to live it according to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered me to live it by. Is to keep, to ensure the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by following this one single ayah. One single ayah gives it to you absolutely, to, to, to you know, uh, to the absolute perfect kind of uh, direction of how you should live your life. You, it's, it's the fact that it's been linked to Iman, that you do not, you know, you don't have the Iman until you actually go to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and every single thing that comes to you. And by the way, just focus a little bit on the Arabic here. Fima shajara Now shajara 
if any of you know the Arabic language, shajara is the tree, right? Shajar. So when we say fima shajara baynahum, shajara means any small, tiny incident that may have arisen between you. Small, tiny. Why is it small, tiny? Because when you when you walk and you hit a small thing, it's shajara. It's like shajara, right? A small interaction. So that small interaction, you need to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How about how we live our lives, how the, we're ruling by, how, we're, yeah, how we, we, we have this uh, current injustice that we have in terms of the level of wealth in the world. All of these need to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the manner of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we're reading during this month. So ibadah, the significance of applying ibadah, which is to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is to ensure that you apply all of his ahkam so that you have the peace of mind that you will get and the tranquility that you will, you will have in this society. So this becomes an, you know, the, the, the driving force for you. Now we will then see what, does, what happens then if we don't follow this guidance. What happens if we don't, if we ignore this? Let's look at the world right now. And we, let's look at it from a statistical point of view. Let's not even try to uh, give our viewpoint on it. 82% of the wealth generated last year went to the richest 1% of the global population. Imagine. While the 3.7 billion people who make up the poorest half of the world saw no increase in their wealth at all. So... 3.7 billion, no increase in their wealth. In fact, we know during the pandemic year has gotten much, much, much worse. And you know, I don't think we'll get these numbers for a while. While 82% of the wealth generated last year went to the richest uh, 1%. In fact, these 3.7, or let's go for 3.4 billion, so this number is a bit you know, before that 2020. 3.4 billion people live with less than 115 pounds per month. I try to work it out per month so that just hits home for many of us who live here and we know how much we need to survive on a monthly basis. 115 per month. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And this is increasing, this is getting worse. The, the, you know, the number of people, I mean, I don't know how many of you have actually noticed this, because even in, in the UK, you go anywhere right now and there are so many people begging. There's so many people who are finding extremely difficult to make ends meet. And this system is just gonna make this worse and worse. And the pandemic subhanAllah has come to just expo expose this, the reality of this uh, of the situation. Let's look at the, the richest people. Only 26, 26 richest people own as much as the poorest 50% is according to Oxfam. 50%, 50% of the wealth is owned by 26 of the, of the richest people. So the 50, you know, uh, uh, of the 50%, the, the least 50%, this, their own, the whole wealth is by 20, uh, equal to 26 richest people. But what's, what's more amazing really is what's happened during the pandemic. The combined wealth of the world's 10 richest men Rose by rose by five hundred and fifty billion dollars during the pandemic. This is the pandemic which has destroyed economies, which has made the world 
really appreciate the significance of how weak it's all built on, you know? Uh, you, you expect to wake up in the morning, go to your job, have a normal life, come back and so on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, no, I am the controller. And this one incident, this one pandemic has gonna, is gonna change the way you view these things. You know, in terms of the significance that this has, the impact this has had on so many people, whether it's from an economic point of view, whether it's from a social point of view, whether it's the the the, the depression, the level of abuse, losing losing uh, loved ones, and while all of that's happening, the capitalist system ensured that the ten richest people still managed to gain more in their wealth, rather than taking some of that wealth that these people are making and ensuring that it, it filters down to all these people who are in need, these things continue to happen and the governments continue to protect these people because they're the ones who are, you know, ensure that they get elected again and again. More statistics, and I don't want to kind of put too much and bore you too much of it, but more statistics. Divorce rate in England is up to 42%. Now, maybe this is not as significant as many people would consider. I mean, the divorce rate is, is, is quite high everywhere, but the reality, is that the family is breaking up and we know that you, the unity of the family is so well protected in Islam and so it's, it's, it's such a, an important aspect of our life as Muslims and during the month of Ramadan you'll be you're spending the majority of this month visiting all your family ensuring that you have this interaction uh, in fact many people I know in, in, the, in the Muslim world when we used to live in the Muslim world many non-Muslims would find it absolutely astonishing how much um, they, they, they get impacted by the just one single aspect of Ramadan, how the interaction between the people. While what we have now on the other side is that there is a huge breakup of families. Um, this is the, just the divorce rate. Separation rate is much, much higher. Single, single parents, uh, you know, families are much, much higher. Let's talk about the crime rate where George Floyd was, was killed. Look at the increase in one year, by the way. This is just in this year. 77% increase in murders in this year, in this year that he was, he was killed in. In one year, 77% increase in murders. 39% increase in homicide in, in New York in 2020. That's phenomenal. This society is totally breaking up. Honestly, there's no, there's no sense of security that you can ever feel. I mean, we know about the stabbings in, the, in, in, in London. The only reason that the stabbings probably reduced is because of the pandemic. And I'm sure once you go back to normality, it's all going to go back into the same, to the same rate and not even worse. When you look at the social breakdown into society in France, the rape and domestic violence cases, uh, again, increased for the third year running, 11%, 9%. And it keeps going. By the way, and this is the what is being what you've been told about, because we know the majority of the Western world crime is not even reported. What's the point? What they're going to do? Your car? I've I had my catalytic converter uh, stolen, and a brother told me you need to go and tell the police. I told him, you know, the, the time and effort it takes me to go and tell the police about something that they're going to write a report for and put it in a file. It's just useless. I know it's not going to do anything. 
So unfortunately, it's not even being reported fully. And but these statistics are this is the the world we live in. This is what happens when you move away from Allah's rulings. This is the situation that we find ourselves in in the West alone. Look at Guantanamo Bay and what you know the the democratic freedom loving people of the US did to the to these uh, you know so many innocent of the, you know of those people there's this film that just came out regarding one of them as well the Mauritanian uh, brother you look at the 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 me too movement that has taken you know hold in the last 4 to 5 years due to the unspoken of course it was something that was you know as as if it was hidden uh, the, the abuse that women get across the this whole of society because of the way they've been looked down uh you know and this no it's freedom this is the the, the equality the equality that is leading to to this surely you could see the the faults of this uh of, of these things so when we when we when we talk about this uh the the reality when we talk about where where this is leading humanity we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you the guidance through this Quran. You then, as a, as a Muslim, have a role to play by through your, you know, through the ibadah, which is through the submission to Allah, through the ensuring that on a daily basis from all, every single aspect of your actions are being, uh, you know, you're, you're ensuring that you follow Allah's guidance and Allah's rulings and Allah's sharia. This is, you need to apply this in your own life, but you need to also apply it to ensure that the misery that is being caused across the globe right now through this capitalist system is something that needs to be uh, getting rid of. So applying ibadah in its truest form to ensure that Allah's rules are applied in all aspects of society in the social system, the economic system, and more importantly, of course, in the ruling system, as it was ordained to us or given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the revelation of the Quran and Sunnah. This is what the, we have to aim to do to ensure that we can reverse what has been done, the damage that is being caused right now to humanity. When we talk about the West and the problems that they have, this even doesn't describe at all some of the issues that we have in the Muslim world. The Muslim world right now is living under the, the, the volume of the most, uh, of course, you know, I mean, the, 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 the subhanAllah, these hukam have come out, our rulers have come out and shown their hate for the deen, not for us only, for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whether it's in in the UAE with all what they've done to expose. I mean, there's even 10, 10 new casinos opening very soon there. Um, whether it's in Egypt with Sisi and all what he's done uh, to, to the people of Egypt, whether it is in, in, in Jordan, when we know currently um, that people have had enough to the point that, you know, people are dying, you know, day and night um, across the world because of the pandemic, even in the most, you know, in, in, in some of these uh, uh, countries, in Jordan itself, they had uh, the oxygen run out of one of the hospitals. Uh, and it was shown to be just as a kind of, uh, uh, 
just another corruption uh, case. You know, it, it's unbelievable what's happening right now in India, India, which is uh, the biggest democracy according to uh, you know to all the uh, all the media and the PR stunts that they try to pull of people. They, look at the situation. This requires an absolute dedication from us as human, uh, as Muslims to try and ensure that this has to, um, you know, that the people hear about the, the, the message of Islam. Um, I think what, one of the issues maybe you just want to kind of raise, uh, inshallah, before we just go to the questions, is that um, when, we, when we kind of try to, um, uh, you know, kind of discuss with the ummah here in, 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 uh, in the UK, um, you need to ensure that there is sufficient understanding of the importance of linking the uh, the conviction of into the aqidah and the iman of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with your actions so when we when we apply islam fully as a system this is the only way you can ensure that you can have tranquility in in in, in dunya where the attack on Islam has become is to try and ensure that there is reasoning for every action we do. So when people talk about Siyam, nobody talks about it because we're being obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing Siyam. No, but it's good for you. It's healthy. It gives you, you know, it, it, it cleanses you. It, gives, it keeps you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we do, you know, any action that you see that has been taken by the Muslims is being always linked to a kind of a benefit that you're, you're, you're having. There are absolutely no reason for you, and there is absolutely no need for you to ever give an excuse for the benefit that you have. Whether it's a illa that Allah has given us in the Quran, as in the reason, exact reason, or there is a hikmah, a wisdom that Allah has given, you know, has ordained a certain hukum. You do it for Allah's sake and nothing else, for no other reason just to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When we talk to our children, we need to ensure that we, we give them that message, we pass on that message, and we build in them the love for their deen, and we build in them a strong identity that they should be uh, you know, prou proud of, and the fact that their deen has the solution to all of uh, the human mankind issues. Um, and we, they need to also be aware of the fact that the Islam is, is under attack and this trying to establish this godless society um, here, wh whether it's you only live once, you know, slogans or the materialistic uh, aspects of, 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 of living here. Th this, you, you need to understand that Islam came to regulate all of these needs to ensure that people do have what they need, but also to live this temporary life so that they can, inshallah, get um, get the reward that they need to be able to make it into the akhirah. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just at the end, inshallah, to uh, guide us during this month to increase in our iman, to increase in our taqwa, uh, to give us the, uh, inshallah, the presence uh, to enable us to discuss these things with, with, with uh, Muslims and non-Muslims alike, um, and to put goals for ourselves during this month that will inshallah be quite um you know we always say don't don't put your goal you know to just maybe change the one or two people that you're close to 
put your goal that you will be the one, inshallah, make the dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you will be somebody that Allah will use you in the massive big scheme of things to change the, uh, the you know, the, the uh, humanity in the next coming, uh, in the next coming year, inshallah. Um, and we we'll ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just to, um, to accept all our ibadat during this month from the siyam and the qiyam. Um, and um, uh, and inshallah strengthen us uh, for for the year to come inshallah thank you for listening to this podcast podcasts on current events islamic guidance quran tafsir and sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on itunes Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community please subscribe Share and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.